and welcome to the Mailbox Rose Gallery. I'm Sean. And I'm Birch. And join us as once again this episode we pluck a figure from history and drop them in our metaphorical mailbox of rogues. So, who have we got today? Why? Well, I haven't got anybody. I thought I thought you had somebody. No, I thought it was your turn this week. Well, no, I mean, I thought you had somebody in mind. Uh, no. You got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. Oh, uh, shit. Um... What do you want to do then? Um, oh, I know. I had a bit of a harebrained scheme the other day. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a bit of a... You have to have a bit of a hairy brain, don't you, actually? Yeah, I mean, I I was shaving it for a while, but you know what I thought... It looks better when you let it grow out, I think. Thank you. Well, yeah. I, I I thought that, and it just helps with my overall scheming, I find. All right, what's the scheme then this this time? Right, now, you you like this podcast, don't you? It's, it's all right? It, yeah, does, it's all right, yeah, yeah. It does it all right? It does a pair of us all right? You'd like to see it become the biggest thing in the world, right? Yeah, I, I would, as a matter of fact. So, how about this for an idea? Sean... Yeah. Marries... Yeah. Elizabeth Taylor. All right. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, we're talking about Queen of Hollywood from the classic Golden Age. Mm. One of the biggest starlets the world's ever known. Hollywood royalty. Absolutely, yeah. Think what she would do... Just by being associated with us. That would get a lot of exposure for the podcast. Exactly. Yeah, you walking around like on red carpets and premieres and galas. Yeah, that does sound pretty good. Wear your nice orange mailbox suit. Yeah, I, I, it's been a bit of a waste that I got that orange branded suit. No, and no. I've, I've only worn it, what, two or three times yeah. a week since I've got it. No, exactly. Yeah, just like hardly at all. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. It's quite a big... Commitment for me to make. Um, I suppose it is. Marriage, yeah. So, I'll be honest, I'm not convinced. I think it's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Why don't we... Let's talk about Elizabeth Taylor a bit and then see how I feel. That's a good idea. What we can do, try and get you as uh, compatible as we possibly can. Maybe you'll learn a few things about her yourself that uh, you find uh, quite nice, make you a bit more keen. Yeah, all right, yeah. I mean, I am willing to completely overhaul my personality for the sake of the podcast, so I can reform myself completely. Because in my spare time, you know, as a, a wedding planner and a, a couple... Oh, I didn't know you are a wedding planner. Wedding planner, couple maker, that's right. Oh, I tried do you mean to... matchmaker or couple maker? I call Couple it... maker sounds like something like a mad, a mad scientist would do. And now I'm just thinking, you did say you had a harebrained scheme, which is also so something a mad scientist might say. I'm not a matchmaker. I don't make matches. I make couples, mate. Right, okay. <laughs> Again, we'll just skirt over this because I don't know exactly what you mean by that. Well, you'll see, and and you'll thank me for it in the long run, I'm sure. Okay. At the very least, gives us something to talk about this episode. Oh, yeah, are the mic's still on? Yeah, 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 they are still rolling. Oh, yeah, it gives us something to put out this week, I guess. So, she was born on the 27th of February, 1932, and... uh might be interested to know, Sean, that despite being someone who's uh, so closely associated with the golden age of Hollywood, she's actually from England. England? Oh, I'm from England. See, you've got we've something got, in common we've got already. We've so much in common. Yeah, whereabouts in England? Grew up around Hampstead, suburb in London. I've heard of London. 
I've been to London. It's getting better and better yeah, the more yeah. we talk about it. I always thought she had a bit of a, a Londoner Cockney swagger to her, actually. Some people paint her as quite an elegant figure. I always thought she had a bit of swagger. No, well, I mean, she's just She's like, a geezer. Exactly, a Cockney geezer. I mean, like with the kind of jewellery and that that she wears, she's very much like Pat Butcher from, from EastEnders. <laughs> you could say that, couldn't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Also interesting thing about her, quite quite striking as well, her appearance... She's considered one of the most beautiful women, and she had quite interesting eyes. Yeah? Yeah. Her eyes were violet. She had purple eyes. She had Barney the dinosaur purple eyes. Wow, that's purple. The purplest. (laughs) Yeah. Put Barney to shame, if anything. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like you see that when you go to... uh... When you go to home base, you know, you look through those Dulex colour cards, mm. all the different shades of purple. The purplest of them all is Barney the Dinosaur Purple. Yeah. That's right, it's just a picture of Barney at the end of the uh, the cards. Yeah. But no, so she had... Uh, well, He vi- taught me so much. He taught me my one, two, threes, my ABCs, sharing is caring. Yeah, I learned so much from that dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Getting a bit emotional just thinking about it. Yeah. If her eyes or anything like that dinosaur, we're going to get on great. It's sad to think that he is now fossil fuel. Yeah, but he always was—he was always about giving, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, the star that burns twice as bright dies twice as quick. Yeah. Right, let's move on because I'm getting upset. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. So she had violet eyes, and she also had uh, double the amount of eyelashes of a normal person. Really? So yeah. she had as many eyelashes. On her face, as we've got between us. Yeah, I, yeah. She had two humans worth of eyelashes. Where were they? Like one sets above her eyes, the others on her foot, or? Well, what was so great is I think she could kind of chop and change as she saw fit. So, like, uh... hang on. So these were detachable fake eyebrows. Wait, are we talking about eyebrows or eyelashes? Eyelashes. Okay, yeah. Oh, two sets of eyebrows. That would be <laughs> fucking cool. You just look surprised all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, she had two sets of. Uh eyelashes and she'd do things like she'd make a little mustache for herself with her eyelashes go into gentlemen's clubs wow okay yeah down the old vic yeah that's right yeah down the old vic so what is this like some sort of genetic mutation with the eyes and the eyelashes they called it a genetic mutation which like i say considering she's considered one of the most beautiful women ever it's quite a i know it sounds like a bit of a a put down well i mean you're probably thinking the same thing as me though aren't you x-men oh yeah yeah well i was yeah she would have made a great contribution to the x-men I just picture it now with like the um, with the great TV theme. Mm. See Wolverine there with his kind of like uh, long nails going like that. Yeah, Cyclops. Cyclops. And then you see Elizabeth Taylor stood on a ledge, just blinking at people, <laughs> showing them what for with those purple eyes. Great contribution. I'd love to see her join the Marvel universe. Yeah, I mean, you know we. You're good mates for Stanley. You can probably make that happen, can you? Best mates, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Well, hang and... Best mates. Yeah, best mates. Better mates with him than you are with me. Yeah, yeah, Stanley. Wait, we. <laughs> hang on. I'm not sure we're talking about the same person here. I'm talking about Stan Lee. Not your mate Stanley from down the pub. Oh, right. I can see how you got confused, actually. <sighs> and now that you mention it, I've had so many conversations with people about Stanley. Who I didn't even know that he knew. Yeah. Just like, oh, I love Stanley. He's like, you met Stanley as well? <laughs> Fucking hell, Jesus Christ, he gets around a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Like talking to people on holiday, like in America. Mm. Just like, oh, I'm the, I am the biggest fan of Stanley. I was like, fuck it. How do you know him as well? Has he, <laughs> does he, has he been grouting your tiles as well? 
I can see why you got confused. Yeah, that is a that is a very understandable mistake to make. Well, I, I, I don't know Stan Lee. I'm afraid. Ah, difficult. All right. Well, we'll pitch it to your mate Stanley. See what he says. Oh well, yeah, he's he's good with his hands, so I'm sure he can make something. Right. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, I find the I find the genetic mutation quite alluring. Well, a couple of other things that I already knew about Elizabeth Taylor. She gave Michael Jackson his first Christmas. Oh. Did you know that? Because he was a Jehovah's Witness, so he never had a Christmas. Um, that's fine. You know, that's part of their belief structure. But she gave Michael Jackson his first Christmas. That's that's nice. Do you think... I picture it being like almost one of those kind of children's cartoons where she kind of comes around and it's like, Hey, Michael, I'm here to show you Christmas. Elizabeth... But what's Christmas? <laughs> what's Christmas? Breaks into a song explaining it all. Yeah, they're both two kind of magical people. I expect it went down like that. Yeah, but I also hope that they did your kind of traditional Christmas as well. You know, pulling Christmas crackers, reading those shitty jokes to one another. Yeah, wearing the hats. Yeah, I can imagine the two of them just sat at a little dining table, just finishing off the last sprout on their plate with these hats. Oh. Michael just like, I'm stuffed, me. I haven't got room for anything else. Except that cheesecake over there. Oy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic Michael. It's <laughs> just like him. Oh, and of course, all the great entertainment. Christmas films, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he was he was good mates with Macaulay Culkin, so I'm sure... From he'd... the greatest Christmas film of all, Home Alone. Home Alone 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know me, I'm a big fan of the Home Alone films. Mm. Um, I've, actually, I've actually been working on my own kind of spin-off... From the Home Alone films. Okay. So the thing I love the best about the two first films is they've got this really beautiful attitude uh, to the disenfranchised in society. Hmm. Yeah, so you know in the first film, got that old guy in the neighbourhood that everybody's scared of, you know, he's a bit... He's clearly not... He doesn't feel like he's part of society, does he? He's on his own. Um, but it turns out that he's the hero. He saves the day, you know. He's got that scary snow shovel, but he's got a heart of gold. Yeah. Yeah, second uh, second film... Uh, you know, it's that homeless woman, that pigeon lady. Yeah, in crazy the park, right? pigeon lady. Yeah, and they, this, these films, they shine a light into the darkest corners of society and, and bring out the true heroism, hmm. you know, that these that inhabits that world of, of the underbelly. The, these beautiful figures rise out of the darkness. You say that, I mean, with, with the first one, I agree it is incredibly heartwarming. You've got, like, this old man who, like, is quite scary and has this weird shovel and has a, a pedo beard and he speaks with Macaulay Culkin's character in, in this church and Macaulay Culkin's like oh you should speak to your son it's Christmas yeah and like at the end of the film like one of the last things you see Macaulay Culkin looking out the window he's there with his estranged son gives him a hug yeah heartwarming uh, heartwarming yeah now is there a moment like that for the 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 pigeon lady in New York yeah I don't know if you remember but Sort of near the endish again. It's it it's the setup and the payoff again. So like just as it gets into the final third of the film, he basically sort of like flicks a coin at her. Oh. It's like a, a nickel and kind of like lands in her palm and he goes, "Clean yourself up, you love. You stink of bird shit." <laughs> and then at the end of the film, it pays off because you see you get the same thing where he's walking past the dry cleaners in New York and he sees her handing over her rags and getting getting herself cleaned up. You know, it's again heartwarming window viewing moment. That's right, I remember that. And then, like, where we're in the first one, he's, like, hugging an estranged son. When Macaulay Culkin sees the woman in the second film, she's there in clean clothes now, hugging her estranged pigeon. 
Yeah, that's exactly how it plays out, yeah. And, you know, those two characters really caught my imagination. Mm, definitely. The, the snow shovel man and the, the pigeon lady. And so what I've actually been working on, I've not really mentioned this until now, but um, I've written my own spin-off sitcom about the lives of those two characters. The fact that that hasn't been done yet is a crime. Yeah, well, it was a crime I wanted to uh, rectify. I wanted to bring some justice to the world. I, I, you need to get this script. Do you want to... I've got... I've written the script. Do you want to see it? Oh, please. Hang on, I'll just get out. Here you go, mate. Jesus! How, how many seasons that, is that? That's that's 11 seasons of sitcom. That's 2,000 pages. 11 seasons of sitcom. And that leaves some room for some improv, actually. Jeez, oh, that is incredible. Yeah, it's quite an in-depth sitcom. Oh, I can picture those two. So they're like... What's the premise, the setup of this? So what, what you find out is that... Um, it, it starts off being a prequel series, so those two were married, and in the film way, in the first film, when you see the old man meeting his son, that's their son that they've had together, right? So then the first film slots in between seasons four and five, um, and hmm. then in the second film, that slots in between seasons eight and nine. That's that's really expanding the lore. Yeah, yeah, it's a big universe. Yeah, and so these two are like a a couple. And, uh... Yeah, they're married. Yeah, well, they start off married. There's a, I mean, I can't get into it in great detail, mm. you know. But yeah, as they start off married, they become estranged. There's one season that's basically like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh wow! Yeah, there's a sort of memory erasure thing going on. It's a bit of a caper, actually. It's one of some of the funniest bits, I'd say. Oh wow, that's that. Just like Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, laugh a riot film. That yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, because it's got Jim Carrey in it. Yeah, he's a funny guy. <laughs> funny guy. I, I mean. It's got all these great ideas to it, but at its heart, it's got this classic kind of family sitcom. You go into it, just like opens up, got the theme song. Look at that old man with the pedo beard. Look at the pigeon lady. She's kind of weird, but when they get together, they have lots of care. They live in that house there. I love it. I love it. I'm going to... I hope you don't mind me asking, but I'd like to sign you on as executive producer. I was expecting that, and I will gladly take yeah, the okay, offer. Great, yeah. Uh, you can get a 0.5% cut. Don't know what that means, but I'll take it. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, just sign here. <laughs> all right. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so the it's not all fun and games, though. Obviously, there's a sci-fi twist to it. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a time travel element. The, ca- the character of Kevin McAllister, as well as meeting him in the church and telling him to get in touch with his estranged son, is the estranged son. So you don't realise that when you watch it in the film. But, you know, again, when we weave in the time-travelling elements, that fits in. That's uh, pretty deep stuff. Yeah, I mean, he also has a sex change and becomes the pigeon lady. Ooh! Yeah, and then goes back in time, marries his own father, and then fathers himself. That's that's in well I mean well with... fathers mothers I don't know if you want to say uh, how you put it but I think what's good about this is that it's kind of very inclusive so it's welcoming to the trans community mm, which I like all my work to be they've got a figure that they can look up to and aspire to with with this time traveling character yeah no I like it I like it and since we're talking about Elizabeth Taylor right way to sully favor with her maybe say I can. Uh, I can make you a series regular. Oh, we could get her in. Yeah, of course. Because... could play Kevin's mum. Yes, yes, she could. Because I've not seen her act for, for years. No, she's I've been quiet of late, hasn't she? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe another another thing we can say to kind of entice her to marry me. 
I I think we've got a good case at the minute for getting you married. I think one thing that'd be really useful if we're going to get me married to Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. And maybe we should look at her previous husbands. Good idea. She was married eight times. Eight times to seven different men. seven men, yeah. So, I mean, at this point, you can really get it down to a science, how to marry her. Well, that's the thing. We can have a look. We can make it kind of a best of, worst of kind of thing. Say, Mm. get some of the best traits of all seven of these guys and... You you you'll be married by yeah, the end of the we year. Could, we could do this definitely, definitely. Well, let's have a look. For, let's just have a look. Let's. Uh, she started with Conrad Nicky Hilton Jr. Was that Paris Hilton's dad or something? Granddad? Dad or granddad? One of the two. I don't know, but yeah, the Hilton hotel chain. Married in 1951. I think she was only about 18. She was very young. Well, I mean, it can't have been a particularly happy marriage because they were divorced within about nine months. No. So, yeah, that was 1950. 1952 was the next one. Black, she didn't wait around, did she? No, no, no. Maybe, she, you know, some people just aren't built for single life, are they? Before we go on to that, just so that we can make some notes as we go along. Yeah. What was it that maybe Conrad had going for him that you could perhaps emulate? Um, Heir to a multi-million pound fortune. Right, okay. Write that down. Yeah. In the cons category, violent alcoholics, so... Definitely don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. Don't do that. Okay, that's fine. Um, that's to be honest, n- not being a violent alcoholic is pretty easy. It's not in my nature. Being a multimillionaire is a bit harder. Yeah, um, it's easier for me to avoid the con in that one than to go for the pro. Maybe you could take her to a Hilton hotel. Oh yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, they've got one up in Bristol. Th- there you go. Looks horrible. Still got the name on it though, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, there we go. Okay, so there's the pro, there's the con. All right. Well, let's. Should we look at the next guy? Let's do it. Michael Wilding. Oh. English actor. I'm an Englishman. Look, there's a pro. Got that? Yeah. Had two kids. Um. Hmm. Divorced in 1957. Right. So a bit longer time there. Yeah. What's that? Five years this time. And my understanding is that he was like 20 years older than her. Oh, really? Okay, so age gap isn't such a problem, because I think there might be a bit of an age gap between me and her. Yeah, there would be, wouldn't there, I guess? Yeah, didn't think of that. So yeah, okay, so pros and cons for him. Pro, Englishman. Englishman, yeah. Um, Suave, gentlemanly, had a certain old world British empire elegance. Yep. I think I've got all of that. I'd say maybe all stuff that you could work towards. Well, that doesn't sound particularly positive, but... I I know I'm 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 behind you all the way. Yeah. I, th- I think you can do it, but I don't. You don't think I've got that now? No. Right, that's hurtful. You're still wearing your bib from when we were eating food a second well, yeah, ago. Yeah, well, you know, I still like to catch it in the bib, and then I can just sort of shovel some of it into my mouth. It was chicken soup. It was. It was lovely chicken soup, though, wasn't it? I'm not faulting your chicken soup. Yeah, it was all right. It was I'm all right. just saying, elegant if... that is not. <sighs> suave? You wouldn't say that's suave. I don't want to get out of my tuxedo. No, the the tuxedo I'm fully on board with. Right, okay, it's a yeah. great look. It just doesn't go well with your Teletubby bib. Okay, okay. I mean, I don't know if I mentioned this, and you might be able to tell, but I've had chicken soup four times today. Right. So the soup that I've dropped into the bib, that's equivalent of a whole other meal of soup. So that takes me up to five soups today. That's a lot of soup. <laughs> you look quite concerned about my soup consumption. I don't know, how much, how much salt are you putting in that soup? It's mostly salt. It's like, when I say chicken soup, it's water. I do it in order of ingredients, like the back of a packet of food. Yeah. So it's salt, 
then a bit of water. Did I say it was chicken soup? It's not. I just remember there's no chicken in it. Oh right. Okay. Well, it's just salt and water. What was I eating then? I I got chicken soup in for you. Oh right, but you just pretended. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like it my way, but I know that every not other people do. So I'm a gracious host like that. Well, like I say, the, the, tuxedo love it, bib lose it, and, and we're halfway there, I think. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. I'm not happy about it, but I'll have to get my salt water some other way. All right. Well, uh, so that, uh, those are the pros. Don't know anything about his cons. Well, my understanding is that the age difference might have been a factor. Okay. And the fact that her star at the time was really rising, mm. whereas his was kind of fading a little bit. So there was a bit of friction there. So I guess with that, the cons, don't be older than her. Which, Already done. And Nailed it. The other one is to maybe not be so jealous about maybe some of her fame and her, her well, career hang on. in general. I mean, don't forget, my star is on the rise. So I think hers and mine, hers is taking a bit of a dip. Hers and mine are going to meet in the middle pretty soon. So we've righted those cons. So as far as I'm concerned, that's sorted. That's a double tick for that one. Okay, yeah. let's move on. Uh, right, next, Mike Todd. Well, this is the only one she didn't divorce because unfortunately he died. Oh. I mean, there's one. Don't die. That's a, that was a con for that that marriage. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, okay, that's fine. I'm actually planning on living forever. I'm. That's good. I'm, I'm, uh, did I tell you about my world record attempt? No, no, you haven't. Yeah, I'm trying to break the re- uh, world record for world's oldest man. Oh. I'm just sort of taking it one day at a time. No, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, well, I think with those kind of things, you've got to start it early. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Put, put the days in, put yeah. the hours in. Yeah. Well, let's say, what is it? Ten thousand hours to be a, to be like a a virtuoso, to be a genius. Yeah, to, to be decent in any sort of field, you need to put that amount of time in. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I've done at least ten thousand hours towards this record. So, what did he do for a living? Oh, he's a film producer and theatre producer. Oh, okay, so. Someone who works in media. We have this podcast. Yes, we are media people. We are men of media. <laughs> that's how I've always considered us. <laughs> yeah, that's how I introduced us, actually. It's like, uh, hello, have you met my friend Birch? He's a fellow man of media. And I say, hello, nice to meet you. I'm a man of media. <laughs> well, that, yeah, she had a daughter with this guy, Mike, Liza. Liza Todd. <laughs> I don't know why that's, don't funny. Know why that's funny. <laughs> you said it in a really like knowing way, like like it was slang <laughs> Get for it, something. Uh, yeah. Todd. I just I just started laughing. I suppose I was just uh, I just find you inherently funny. So I he think... actually uh, sorry. Just before we move on from him, when they got married, he threw her a la- very lavish birthday party at Madison Square Garden. Oh, broadcast on TV. He invited eighteen thousand people. Now you see, we can put that in the pros. Uh, column but i can top it i can invite nineteen thousand people you know nineteen thousand people no but i mean social media makes the world a small place these days i can invite nineteen thousand people to it doesn't even have to be a birthday uh let's say pick a pick an arbitrary day to celebrate the 31st of july halloween yeah i'll throw a halloween party for nineteen thousand people and to be fair an arbitrary date that would probably mean more to her because everyone has a birthday party yeah exactly boring why? Because I love you. Exactly. It's just like, oh, oh. wow, amazing. 19,000 people who I don't know. <laughs> so heartfelt. Yeah, but they know her. She's yeah. got more than 19,000 fans. I reckon that's going to be a big tick next to me when I'm courting her. Right, next one. 1958. She married Eddie Fisher 
in Las Vegas. He was a fishmonger, wasn't he? No, he was a singer, actually. Oh, same thing. Yeah. Oh, and uh, best friend of her previous husband. Oh. Yeah. It's a bit funny. Yeah, well, apparently uh, they had an affair. Bit of a tumultuous time for her, I'd say. And then he went on to marry Debbie Reynolds. Oh. Yeah. I mean, she said afterwards she only married him due to grief over Todd's death. Funny reason to marry someone? There's a funny reason to marry someone. But, I mean, again... What it says to me, if she's having any emotional issues, again, I can get in there. Well, that's the thing. Maybe like if a um, cat needs to get declawed, that's always stressful. Yeah. Well, if we can get her in a state of grief. Well, I don't, I don't think we need to get her in a state of grief. No, I'm no, not I suggesting get, I get we murder what you, I get anyone. what you're saying here. Yeah, I'm just saying like if a golf... someone off, I get no, what you're saying. No, I'm not. I don't think you're saying get what I'm saying at all. I'm saying it's like her goldfish is constipated and she's worried about it. I step in. I don't know what I'm going to do about the goldfish, but... <laughs> nor do I, nor do I. I'm no vet. I'm a media man. <laughs> how, do you, I, yeah, how would you stop a goldfish get, being constipated? I wouldn't have the first clue. I don't even know where its asshole is. <laughs> Neither do I. Actually, I mean, I used to be a fishmonger. So oh, yeah. uh, I do actually know where a fish's asshole is. Near the cash register, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, anyway, I'm not saying we bereave her in any way i'm just saying if she gets a bit stressed then i step in i don't think that'd be enough grief worked last time i'm not saying to kill someone like, that look in, in your in, eye though is saying well, you may not be saying it verbally i can i kind of am i'm not saying kill someone someone kind of like huge and important maybe like bump off one of her budgies all right and then in that state of grief you just kind of like knock on the door hey It'll be a little bit like Looney Tunes. I've still got this like canary feather sticking out my mouth, <laughs> looking guilty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. yeah, I think that'll work. Okay, so yeah, um, so with that, uh, what we can take from that is that grief helps her to love. And you mentioned he was a singer. Do you know any songs? I could court her with a few. I sing a few songs when I'm when I'm courting. Oh yeah, yeah. It's mostly like um, you know that Italian song. Um, I don't. Please sing it. What's the matter, you? Hey, why are you looking so sad? Hey, it's not so bad. Hey, it's a nicer place. I shut up at your face. Do you think I'll win her over with that one? I think you would, particularly if you've just killed her budgie. Yeah. You knock on the door. Why are you looking so sad? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, she, and she's just crying. And then you're just cheering her up, consoling her. It's a nice so bad. It's a nicer place. Maybe leave the shut up of your face. I just mumble. Yeah. Mumble just... that bit, yeah. <laughs> but the rest of it, I think yeah. she would be impressed. She would be consoled. Okay, cool. Well, we've got a game plan. It's coming together. Yeah, it is. Right, next husband. So, uh, big one, this one. This is one's going to be a bit hard to top. Richard Burton, the actor. Oh, the husband's uh, so nice, she went twice. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. 1964, she married this one. So, um, this was a whole six years after the last one. Hmm. So, so she, were... had a, she had a bit of a, a grace period. Yeah, yeah. So, she had a, they were co-stars in Cleopatra. They added another kid into the mix, hmm. as well as the other ones. I'm just listing all the kids, because obviously I will be their new dad. Yeah. Um, so they adopted a German orphan called Maria. That's fine. I like Germans. I like orphans. I used to love that film, Annie. Because they originally got together. They're having an affair on the set of Cleopatra. Mm. Both still married to other people. Bit of a whirlwind one with those two. Mm. They were kind of caught by the paparazzi, having a bit of a steamy time on a yacht. Oh. Yeah. 
in Italy while they were filming. They ended up being condemned by the Vatican for erotic vagrancy. <laughs> erotic which vagrancy. sounds like the sexiest crime imaginable. <laughs> erotic vagrancy. That sounds like just two hobos bumming in a street alleyway. <laughs> Not like two of the biggest stars of the time having sex on a yacht. No, no you're right, actually. It doesn't sound so nice when I think about it. I can almost smell the erotic vagrancy in this alley. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, two of the biggest stars at the time, and Richard Burton is a fantastic actor, and apparently they did live a very lavish and luxurious uh, lifestyle. He gave her a $1 million diamond necklace. Jesus. Okay, this and might that, be... That's a pro for that one. Yeah, we're getting into difficult territory here now. Yeah, How we one. can uh, emulate or top. Do you have anything in this room worth over a million dollars? Um, I would say if you if you combined a few things, it's getting there, mm. but not one singular item. I don't want to give her like a few things at once, like a kind of hodgepodge like that. Yeah, never, doesn't look as good as one big gift. Um, I mean, like a rubber bank, mm. safe deposit box, safety deposit box. I mean, Richard Burton had a lot of money, so to buy a diamond ring for him is as easy as going into the shop, giving money and taking the ring. With you robbing Is that a, how a, tr- a transactional purchase would happen, is it? That is how a transactional purchase works. Thank you for walking me through it. That's quite all right. Now, with you robbing a bank, you've got to choose the bank. You've got to plan out what you're going to do. Yeah. There's a lot of risk involved. And I think that says a lot more than just buying a diamond ever would. Well, it's like the old adage says, more risk, more romance. Absolutely, that's yeah. that's absolutely right. You know what, just a bit of a callback to a previous episode, hmm. if I'm robbing a bank, rifling through safety deposit boxes, maybe I could get her Albert Einstein's eyes. They're in a safety deposit box in New York. That's true, absolutely true fact, listeners who had not listened to that previous episode. Yeah, and that was another bit where people thought that was bollocks, but that is actually true. That is 100% true, yeah. just like the fact that his testicles are above a, a bar as well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly the problem why nobody ever knows what's fact <laughs> and what's fiction. But yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay, so what anyway, well, it didn't last no. with Richard Burton because but of his alcohol alcoholism. Alcopops. <laughs> his alcopops. His alcopop alcoholism. Oh, it's a dangerous, it dangerous is. road to go down. The alcopops. Those those uh, Bacardi breezes. Nothing like him. No, I mean that's true. That's I'm the not... that's the problem. Well, yeah, uh, the alcoholism and the infidelity. But, I mean, we could say that's a con, but they they divorced in 1974, remarried in 1975. Came back for seconds. Yeah, in Botswana this time. Lovely place to get married, Botswana. Interesting. Yeah. But then they did divorce again less than a year later. Yeah. That is the definition of on and off. So with that, we've already established not to be an abusive alcoholic. So we've got that in there. Yeah. You're going to rob a bank. That's good. Yeah, that's a, that's a pro. That's, that's yeah. a pro. You're writing all this down, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah of course, okay, cool. yeah. In my best penmanship. God help us if you don't let her find these scribblings, all right? Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't want her to think this has been too uh, planned out. See, I think if she saw how planned out this was, I think that she would feel very loved. Yeah. But I don't know. But spontaneity is quite romantic, isn't it? It is. It if is. I just decided to marry her on the spot, she'd probably quite like that too. Mm, yeah, that's true. Right, next husband. John Warner, Republican politician from Virginia. Ooh. So, virgin, maybe? Probably. I don't know, just saying, possibly. 
This is quite a long marriage for her, actually. Married in 1976. Hmm. Again, that's, she's only left one year between <laughs> yeah, the last she, marriage and this one. She doesn't hang about. She doesn't wait around, does she? She They uh, married in 1976, divorced in 1982. That's quite a long one. That's the longest marriage yet, isn't it, you said? Mm, yeah. Now, this is probably one the one that we want to focus most on the pros. Yeah, well, they apparently they had a bit of a whirlwind romance. They were married within five months of their first date. Oh, I can. I reckon I can beat that. Oh yeah, four and I, a half months. Well, nah. Come on, I, I can be a bit quicker than that. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I will. What are you thinking? Five or six days. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, I like, I like it. it. I like it. And I'll be honest. At the back of my mind, when I said that, I'm thinking, under promise, over deliver. Yeah, she might go for that. She, she might. might yeah. Why? Well, like I said, spontaneity. She just seemed like quite uh, an impulsive character. Mm, yeah. So I think that would work in your favour. Yeah. I mean, they, they were married quite a while. Um, she did get very bored of living the life of a politician's wife. Uh, um, so, I mean, it did result in her alcoholism and drug dependency spiralling out of control. Okay, maybe put that in the con section. Well, that's a con for her, not for the husband. Like, I don't... That's something I've got to watch out for. Don't she, let her get bored, basically. Okay, yeah, that's that's fine. So, I'll, take, I'll buy some rollerblades. Oh, you're never bored you're with never, a pair of those around. Yeah, I know. This is the old, the old saying, you're never bored when there's a pair of rollerblades in the house. So, obviously, she was quite enticed early on by the idea of being a politician's wife. So, I reckon if you run for office... V- Virginia, he was... Uh, is it governor? Or he was just a politician? He was just a politician. Well, I think you could go for governor, personally, of Virginia. Yeah? Yeah, if you go for that, because she obviously likes that neck of the woods. Yeah, men she was, of power as well. And men of power. I'm a media man. You know, is that, I can you, bring that to it. Yeah, you bring got that. that table. You got that behind you. That sort of backing. That's what matters these days in these kind of political elections. So that will entice her in. But maybe shortly after the marriage and everything, maybe just kind of give that up and just kind of say, "Oh, I fancy doing some kind of spontaneous stuff." Yeah, but, let's get rollerblading. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Governor, what are you talking about? Bye. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm holding out her hand. <laughs> yeah, just like rolling down the hill with her. Just get a separate sheet of paper now. Things I need to do in preparation for meeting and wooing her. So put on that list. Become governor yeah. of Virginia. Buy rollerblades. Buy rollerblades. Become governor of Virginia. No, no, other way around. Oh, okay. In terms of the order, yeah. Okay, so you're getting your Cause priorities. Because once I'm the governor, I can get the rollerblades. Easy. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Whereas if I'll you had the rollerblades... Right, that's right. And if you had the rollerblades first, you might not necessarily get the governorship. No, that's exactly the sort of thing that, you know, they pick up on they like, in the media. They like opening these uh, politicians' closets and going, what's this? A pair of, a, a pair of uh, rollerblades? What's this? A, a laser tag gun? I'm not going to have to give up my laser tag gun, am I? Keep it hidden, is all I'm going to say, right. while you're running for office. Would you mind watching it for me? I would love to. I love laser tag. Okay. You're a good wingman. I, I'm the best. I'm the best. What can I say? Okay, so we've got that sorted. Become governor. Get rollerblades. Don't let her get bored. Yeah. Don't. No, he wasn't an alcoholic, was he? She was the alcoholic. She was the alcoholic yeah. this time. Okay. But um, only because they didn't have rollerblades. Well, anyway, they got. She got bored. They got divorced. Nineteen eighty-two. Mm. But this is thirty years of marriage now. <laughs> She's pooping <laughs> going free. So. Most recent husband, mm. last of this long line of suitors, yes. Larry Fortensky. Now, this one, I, I don't mean to be classist. I, I feel like the rest of maybe I've had to reach for to get to their stature in life. I feel like this guy might be a little bit easier for me. Um, he was a construction worker. Oh, they Dave. met 
That is classist. Well, no, I just don't... Nothing wrong with construction workers. I'm just saying, like, compare me to them is a bit... It's more of an easy comparison than comparing me to, say, Richard Burton or a hotelier. Well, anyway, they met in rehab. Um, (laughs) Like all great romances. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they married at Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch. Oh. That's not bad, is it? Pretty schnazzy place to get married. Yeah, go on the merry-go-round. Mm-hmm. Hang out with Bubbles. Does Bubbles officiate? I hope so. It's not in my information here, but let's just assume <laughs> that Bubbles the chimp, Michael Jackson's pet chimp, uh, was officiating, yeah. Macaulay Culkin could have been one of the uh, page girls. Yeah, that's right. Oh, when Throwing the flowers. Yeah, when... Uh... Uh, when Elizabeth like throws the bouquet at the end, someone else catches it, and Macaulay Culkin looks her and puts his ha- hands on his head and goes, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fun day. Yeah. Well, you know, they managed to keep it together for five years. He lucked out, didn't he? Yeah. Drugs were were the best thing that might have happened to him. He what? went to rehab and he ended up marrying Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, I mean, think that, of that. To be fair, though, he might have thought he was still tripping. <laughs> yeah, he was just going with it. Just Sorry. rolling with the punches. All right, okay. <laughs> okay, so pros and cons from that. So maybe later on in her life, she was just looking for like regular salt-of-the-earth kind of guy. Um, so if you could try and... I'm salty. We talked about all the salt I that's, <laughs> that's true, yeah. Yeah, okay, so she's looking for a salty guy is what she wants. Yeah. So you, so you keep... I changed my mind. You keep drinking that those bowls of salt water. That's the wearing the bib. I get to wear the bib? I'd still leave the bib off. <sighs> you can drink it without a bib. I yeah. believe in you. It's just uh, just wastage otherwise. Well, why don't you just get a straw or something like that? Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is this is the real spirit of compromise, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe they were both trying to get off of a habit and then they ended up kind of like cohabiting together. So... Maybe what you could do mm. is make her uh, dependent on crack. Extreme measures. Extreme times call for extreme measures. Maybe if you could get hooked on the stuff as well yourself, yeah. I can book you into a lovely little rehab centre. Ask the uh, the people there. Maybe slip them a five pound note. Just like couldn't happen to uh, put their rooms next to each other, could you? Yeah. Thank you. So, but I mean, I'll have to. It's going to be a tight time frame if I'm still going to be governor of Virginia while I'm in the rehab when we meet. Because I probably won't be governor very long after I enter rehab. It's a tight time frame, but I think we can do it. Maybe so. So if we kind of take everything, all of the pros and cons that we have, what we need you to do is get hooked on crack Mm. and at the same time while you're secretly going to rehab, run for office in Virginia. Get elected as governor. Get elected, well, and before that still, you would need to do your song for her. Oh, yeah, I need to sing for her. After, after killing her, her budgie. Eat the budgie, yeah. Okay. Still got to rob that bank as well. We'll put the bank robbery first, because then you've got the money. Yeah. That, that's out of the way, that's yeah, done okay, with. Yeah. That's there. You can also use that money to help you run for governor. Grease the wheels a bit. Absolutely. And then when you're together, you've got to make sure that she doesn't get bored. Roll the blades. Roll the blades. Got to keep those. Sing to her. Don't be abusive or alcoholic. And don't die. And I think 
that's about everything. I think that's everything. Have you ever considered a career as a life coach? Well, I consider myself something of a life coach. I'm just uh, not paid for my efforts. Well, I'll tell you what. The real reward is in, in the happiness that I bring to others. Yeah. And when I marry Elizabeth Taylor, the exposure that we'll get is a podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'll be benefiting from that as well. Well, I think you're due some recompense for all the good work you do as a life coach. As well, an amateur life coach. I wouldn't say amateur. Well, I mean, amateur only in that you're not professional. I wouldn't say I'm not professional. Well, you don't get paid, do you? So you're not a fucking <laughs> professional. All right. So you're a fucking amateur. I'm not trying to go. I'm just talking about strict definitions of the words. Well, agree to disagree, but okay. All right, okay. Freelance. A, yeah, I'll a go. Freelance, <laughs> yeah. Let's call you a freelance non-profit life coach. Non-profit life coach. I like it. Yeah, okay. That's what I have on my card anyway. <laughs> okay, I don't know why you mentioned that. And so it doesn't matter if you feel worthless, because chances are the people that are making you feel that way are more worthless than you. That is some good life coaching advice. Well, I'm just here to impart the wisdom. You're truly a wise man. You're truly a wise man. Thank you. Maybe maybe sometime we should shine a light on this side of you and you can get your own life coaching podcast. Yeah, or better yet, if anyone maybe has any questions about life, the universe and all their goings on, maybe they can uh, contact us and let us know. Not a bad idea, yeah. Uh, what's our email address then? Our email address is mailboxrogesgallery at gmail.com. What's our Twitter? Our Twitter is at Mailbox Rogues. What's our Facebook? Our Facebook is Mailbox Rogues Gallery Podcast. Those what? are all the ways that Those are all the ways, yeah. I've run out of questions. But yeah, please let us know if you have any questions uh, about life or any, anything you want to know. And I think there's a whole archive of great advice that you've given if you listen back to our previous episodes. So if anybody wants to find them, could they find us on Podbean? Oh, yeah. I, th- I think, don't put yourself down. I think there's been... Great advice coming from the pair of us. Oh, that's very episode. nice of you. Could could someone say, for example, find us on iTunes? They could find us on iTunes. Could they find us on YouTube? They could find us on YouTube. Superb. All right, Birch. Well, I think we should stop recording now and go set this plan into action. Yep. We've talked about the life and times and also the husband. We're ready. We're, we're gonna, ready to we're gonna this, get yeah. Let's get you hitched. All right, listeners. Goodbye. Till next time. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I, I forgot something. What? She died years ago. <laughs>